It's quite natural that most people, if not all, would just love to be there in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, in the Holy Land, to have walked with Jesus, to have talked with Jesus, to have witnessed personally all those fantastic miracles, his teachings, his words, all those actions, just to follow him. And as we get closer and closer to Christmas, that natural sense of just wanting to be there at the nativity, at the first birth of Christ, with Mary and Joseph, with the angels and the shepherds, with the wise men, for those who just would look on and wonder and ponder and get caught up into all of that. To be physically present to the one you love. It's why at this time of year we miss the ones we love if we can't be with them at holiday time because of the virus or because of other issues. We want to be close. It's the very nature of us incarnate in body and flesh that we long to be so close, so up close and personal to the ones we love. And in the case of Jesus, to have been there, to have witnessed everything. What a privilege, what an honor. And here we are 2,000 years later, we say, well, it's just another Christmas coming, and it seems so distant, so past, all history. I can't be there like they were. There's a real separation between me and Jesus because I just can't be with Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds the way they were. It just seems so far away. Well, friends, Bethlehem is not far away. Jerusalem is not far away. Calvary is not far away. The empty tomb is not far away. In fact, the beauty of the Catholic Mass is that every time we come together in this great act of faith, what is represented to us, not represented, but represented, are all those fantastic, wonderful mysteries of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You are not far from Jerusalem. In fact, it is here. Bethlehem is here. Calvary is here. The empty tomb is here. The upper room is here. Jesus is here. How do we believe that? Because he said so. This is my body. This is my blood. In a very interesting sense, we are more privileged than the shepherds. More privileged. They wondered. They didn't quite understand. But you do understand. Because after 2,020 years of Christian faith, you now believe what they only speculated about. You now truly believe what the Jews had longed to know. So it doesn't do you service to say, oh, I wish I could have been there. No, you're here, and he is here. And in a very special way today, Bethlehem is here. We have a guest speaker who will speak very briefly about what's going on in Bethlehem, and he has been with us before. His name is George, and he is a Christian from the Holy Land. He brings Bethlehem to us today to speak about what's happening there and his good works and how you can support 
our brothers and sisters who live in dire need and are persecuted for the sake of their Christian faith. George, welcome. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. Good to be with you. Um, it's a privilege to be here every year with um, brothers and sisters in San Anne. It's not easy to be a Christian these days anywhere, but especially in the Holy Land. The Christians of the Holy Land have been persecuted since day one of Christianity. Since they said Jesus is the Messiah, they have been persecuted. Since they said Jesus is King, Jesus is Prince of Peace, been persecuted. Since day one. It's it's not easy to be Christian in the birthplace of Christianity. With all of the persecution that we have endured, Christianity continued to live among us. But unfortunately, in the last few years, in the last century, I would say, we lost more Christians more than ever. Imagine that the Holy Land century ago was 30% of the Holy Land were Christians. Just last century. Today, with all of the persecution, all of the economical difficulties, the Christian numbers are going down very sharply. Today, we are less than 1%. It's really a disaster. Christians are leaving the Holy Land in masses. Our Holy Father, in the last few years, he visited the Holy Land twice just to remind the whole Catholic world of the Christians who live in Bethlehem and Jerusalem, just to tell them that there are brothers and sisters of yours living in the land of Christ, in the Holy Land, and they are really struggling and being persecuted. They want, he wants to bring your attention to that piece of land that we call holy. In Bethlehem, we say every day is Christmas, actually. So for us, it's when, whenever we go and walk in, in Bethlehem or go to the Church of Nativity, you go down to the grotto where Jesus was born, you feel your presence of Christ there. You, it just comes to your imagination immediately that the story where Mary and Joseph walked and have not been welcomed, where they went into their staple and stay there and they give Mary give birth to Jesus Christ. It's an amazing, amazing story. We believe that Bethlehem will stay Christian. My mother keeps saying, that although all of these persecutions, the Christians of Bethlehem or Bethlehem will stay Christian forever. She keeps saying that Jesus will never leave us alone. She keeps saying that Jesus will never empty Bethlehem out of Christians. Unfortunately, if the same number of Christians continue to leave Bethlehem, in 20 years, there will be no Christians living in the Holy Land. And that would be a disaster. 
we are only around 100,000 Christians left in Bethlehem and Jerusalem. That's it. Only 100,000. Those Christians want to stay there. If you ask any one of them, he would tell you that, or she would tell you that, I want to stay in Bethlehem. I want to continue living there. But they cannot do it alone. Most 70% of the Christians in Bethlehem depend on tourism. That's their only source of income. If two Christian pilgrims come to Bethlehem, we get daily bread. If they don't come, we have no daily bread. This year, we were expecting almost one million Christians visiting Bethlehem. And we prepared for it enormously. We have our hotels ready, our restaurants, our buses, our, our employees, um, our souvenir shops, all of them were ready. The souvenir, the, the Christian carvers have been making these beautiful carvings since last year, for this year, for the Christians who are visiting. This number, we never have it for the last, I would say, 15, 20 years. We didn't have that big number expected to visit Bethlehem because the war and conflict has been subsiding, so a lot of Christians are interested to come and visit Bethlehem. But unfortunately, in end of February, everything closed. Those million Christians all canceled. Imagine that. That was a, terrific, a horrific um, thing that happened to us. All of those families with all of these expectations are gone to the wind. Those families who made these beautiful carvings, more than 10,000 Christian families in Bethlehem make beautiful, that's what they do for a living, carve olive wood, a nativity set, crucifixes, rosaries, that's what they make for a living. They made it and it's stocked in the souvenir shops or stocked in their stores. Nobody's purchasing them. That's why we are here today. We are here today to tell you and to ask you that we need your support desperately this year. We need you to help us out by these beautiful carvings. That's the only way to feed a family, to get them daily bread. There's many families I know personally who are starving, who cannot send their kids to school, who cannot buy food. Many of them, they cannot buy meat once in a month because there's no source of income for them whatsoever. So today, brothers and sisters, I ask you to pray for us, but I ask you to support us, support those families. Uh, to have an activity set in your home that is made in Bethlehem, there's nothing like it. Imagine that you, carve, you buy an activity that is made out of the olive tree that God blessed, that is made in Bethlehem where Jesus is born. It's made by a Christian family who is indigenous from there. Many times people ask me, George, so you Christian, you're from Bethlehem. When did you convert to Christianity? I pause, I pause with a smile and I said, well, let me, let me think about it. Hmm. Well, 2,000 years ago <laughs> with Jesus, we are so proud of this fact. I have been raised all of my life since I was a, a kid. My mother would sit for dinner and she would ask us to pray. And then she would tell us, you should be proud of being the first follower of Jesus Christ. I raise my kids the same way. Brothers and sisters, we are so proud of being Christians from Bethlehem. 
but we cannot let Bethlehem Christianity die. If we don't do anything, it will die. If we do not support the families there, it will die. So please today, before you leave, come to the display. We are here at this entrance and at the other entrance. Look at the beautiful carvings. Buy one or two of you Christmas gifts. It will help a family get daily bread for a week, for a week or two. Just one gift. It will make a wonderful gift for you loved ones, your brother, your sisters, your daughter, yourself. But mostly, it will be a gift of hope. That's what we are looking for today. We are looking for to tell the Christians in Bethlehem that there is hope, that your brothers and sisters in the United States cares about you. They care about Christianity. They care about Jesus in Bethlehem, and I know you do. So do not leave Bethlehem alone. Do not leave the Christians of Bethlehem. We feel alone. We feel that nobody cares about us. Thanks, for Monsignor, for having us. You're always generous and in very special to invite us during this special time. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for your prayers and for your support. And finally, I want to wish you, brothers and sisters, a Merry Christmas from Bethlehem. God bless you. Thank you, George. Thank you. After Mass, George and his wife will be available, and even if you don't purchase anything today, just to wish them in charity your prayers and support.